0: Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode one num- number uh, number 198. Who cares? I'm Jimmy Kemsky from com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of com. I have a nap to get to, so let's just get this kicked off right away. Brandon, how you doing, buddy?
1: Jimmy, we're just going to bang this one out. I'm sorry for all the people who hate t- that. I say that the podcast is sponsored by Right of and Craft <laughs> Jerky, but it is. Go to com. use discount code BTN15 for 15% off. Same discount code at WildNaturePet.com for 15% off dog treats. Jimmy, I have a podcast-related kind of correction or point of clarity to make here that actually came up today uh, before training camp even started on my walks to practice I ran into Mike Quick, who's always very nice and friendly and has said before he listens to the podcast. So we appreciate you, Mike. Uh, it's a big honor from one of the best Eagles receivers, arguably the best receiver, Eagles receiver of all time. Um, so big honor. And Mike Quick, I think before even saying hi to me, he just said, The offense does take longer to adjust in training camp. So getting back to my thing, to you, Jimmy, saying like, is that something that's true? Or or do we just say the offense takes more time to kind of get into a rhythm and everything? Um, So Mike Quick broke it down for me, and he was talking about how and why that's the truth. So kudos to you, Jimmy, for Mike Quick coming to your rescue. Thank you for vindicating me, Mike Quick. I appreciate it. Now I will say, I don't agree fully that that's the reason why the Eagles offense has kind of looked not as optimal as it has. I can yeah. acknowledge that that's a fair point. But, uh, but anyway, um, also talked to Mike about Devontae Smith and he had some good stuff in there. Hope to have him on podcast sometime soon. Won't get into all that here, but speaking of Devontae Smith, Jimmy Devontae Smith, who suffered an injury in Saturday's training camp night practice, uh, he wasn't out of practice today. He's been considered week to week with a knee sprain. What's your level of concern? Uh, low, uh, low ish. Okay. I think maybe, you know, when, when
0: we get into like week eight of the season, maybe him, you know, maybe him missing a few weeks of training camp, We is like, Oh yeah. Remember that? Remember, remember what he missed a few weeks of training camp? Uh, maybe that'll be the case. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But like, He's, he's, he's being classified as week to week. And, uh, one of the national guys went as far as, okay, said that, uh, he'll be out for two to three weeks. I feel like that's, first of all, we have to get a feel for how this new coaching staff directs the PR staff to, um, sort of classify the injuries. I feel like under Doug Peterson, they would downplay injuries. Like, you know, guys are like day to day for like six months. You know what I mean? So like um, we'll, we'll kind of get a better feel for, um, you know, how accurate they are in their injury reporting. Well, I mean, like during the season, there's certain guidelines that they have to go by in terms of like what they consider questionable, probable, etc., but this time of year, you know, they're just kind of using these day to day, week to week, uh, kind of classifications. So we'll see how accurate they are with those, but they classified him as week to week, which normally means that like he needs to have his leg amputated. But, but in this case, uh, I guess we'll see. I mean, uh, we already knew that it was uh, a knee injury, but now we, we have learned that it's an MCL sprain. Um, I don't think that it's going to be something that drags into the regular season. Uh, And with a guy like Devontae Smith, we already kind of know that he's a more polished receiver coming out of college than some other receivers like Jalen Rager, for example. Um, So we already know he's a good route runner. We already know he's good hands. We already know he's, he's, he's polished in terms of his fundamentals. So maybe this injury isn't as bad for a guy like him as it would be for somebody else. But certainly he can use all the practice time he can get during training camp in his rookie season, so obviously it's not a good thing, but I don't think it's uh I don't think it's a uh, panic word
1: worthy citywide yeah, the Eagles themselves are saying they're not really panicking, they're not too concerned said they expect him back sooner than later. And also I think feel like they can be extra cautious about his return, not needing to rush him back just because he has an advanced understanding of the wide receiver position um, for maybe a rookie and someone in his normal position, as you kind of touched on there. So I'm not panicking from the standpoint of uh I, I think it doesn't seem to be major, especially to just looking at how he finished practice on Saturday when he was on the sideline and he wasn't like carted off or anything, but this is the Eagles, and sometimes injuries, again, in the past have not always been accurately reflected by the timelines given. And uh also, Jimmy, Devontae Smith is like my number one reason, and I think a lot of people's, <laughs> yeah. one of their very top reasons to be excited about the team this year. Right. So, you know, him not being there, and even just for if he's, because he, he might conceivably miss the entire preseason now. And if he does, like, well, that's kind of a bummer because you would have liked to see at least a little bit of him in the preseason and kind of have that first glimpse of him. But it's possible we might not see that until week one now. Not a, no, huge major concern, but you know, again, not ideal and also kind of just not ideal from the standpoint of the wide receiver position has already been like really banged up in training camp. Yeah. Like, you know, Rager missing time, although he was back in full for the first time today. Quez Watkins has missed some time. Travis Fulgham missed a day. Um, Michael Walker got banged up today. Like, you know, they had to sign a guy uh, just to kind of have another body here. So uh, not great from that perspective either. Just, you know, these wide receivers like in and out of the lineup and Jalen Hurts not having like the same guys to work with every day. Um, but I think that's all I had on Devonte. Do you have anything else on him before we talk about a former Eagles player, Jimmy?
0: In terms of the preseason, um, I guess they play the Steelers in 10 days. He's not going to be ready for that. Uh, They Mm -hmm. play the Patriots in 17 days. Doubtful, I would say, for that. And then they play the Jets in 25 days. So we're looking at three and a half weeks. And that's sort of like the dress rehearsal game. Yeah, but it's a it's a different one. So that's like the last preseason game, but it's different this year than previous years because it's the third preseason game. And there's a big gap between that game against the Jets and uh, which is on August 27th and week one of the regular season, which is uh, sub, which is uh, September 12th. So you got mm-hmm. like a two and a half week difference there. So I think if they can get them some action in that Jets game then uh maybe that's when we'll see him uh in the preseason if he does play before we get to Carson Wentz who, who which is who, what you were teasing we'll just note very quickly uh more on the injury front Jalen Rager practiced in full for the first time today mm-hmm. and Ryan Kerrigan left practice early as well he's he was favoring his right hand uh as he was coming out so a little housekeeping there um but you wanted other- Herbeck
1: got banged up too I didn't late in see practice. that what happened to him yeah he was on the ground for a little bit in pain, and then he kind of limped back over to where the rest of the team was standing. He didn't get like I don't think he went to the tent or back into the building. Um, but it was late in practice, so we'll keep an eye on that one. And that's just worth worthy. To
0: he's me. he's he's their starting left guard with Isaac right. Samalo out. So yeah,
1: now they're down to Suo Opeeta, their third string option there. So you know we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, so what, let's let's hear from you, Carson Wentz. There's news, Carson Wentz, Jimmy. Uh, Carson Wentz apparently reportedly. Out five to twelve weeks now. That's actually a weird getting, time frame, by the way. What are they? We're five <laughs> to twelve.
0: Have you ever heard of the five to twelve before? Like really six near. to twelve, maybe. Like, but
1: even that's sort of like a big, big like window. But five to twelve? Come on. I think the five comes from the Colts want a perception that he might be ready for week <laughs> one that's what five <laughs> puts him at. Like they want that possibility yeah. for people to exist. That that shred of hope when. I mean, if 12 is being considered, it's probably not going to be five. Right, um, right, So I think this is – so originally when it came out on Sunday that Carson Wentz wasn't going to get surgery and was going to instead just tell you, try to like rest this and hope it gets better – I thought that was pretty dumb and like frustrating from an Eagles perspective because it's like you're just delaying the inevitable evitable. Like you have to get this surgery probably at some point. Now I didn't know how long that would take, and I think it's pretty clear that the Eagles aren't getting that first round pick, barring some kind of
0: Yeah, I think the surgery's worse actually. I think it was better to the
1: Eagles' benefit if you tried to play through it. Unless, well, I didn't know how long it would take. I'm just yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. maybe it could be minor. Maybe it could just be like, you know, four weeks or something. And and in that case, like, you know, just get it as soon as you possibly can. Um But yeah, so it sounds like the Eagles probably aren't, not officially, like greater than a 0% chance, but not a very high percent chance that they're going to get a first-round pick in the Carson Wentz trade now because he's not going to play a lot. Although I think it's interesting to talk about Jimmy from a standpoint of like how good exactly – are the Colts going to be this year? Cause could it be a very high second round pick? And also I think a lot of people are thinking about how this trade is pretty much looking like a win for the Eagles, which I kind of already felt, but a lot of people, you know, really coming around to that because it's like, Hey, uh, you know, we knew this guy had injury issues. And even if we might not get the first round pick, at least it's not a scenario where like Carson Wentz is absolutely lighting it up in indie this year, which I never thought was realistic, but some mm-hmm. people thought was possible. And at least they can avoid that.
0: Yeah, I think, like you said, the, the trade was the right thing to do, and I think that you know him getting injured on the second day of training camp only reinforces that decision. So, uh, yeah, I think that's fine. Um, I don't really have much to add. I mean, we we, we covered uh, Carson Wentz in, in this whole injury or in the last pod, but uh, yeah, certainly uh, you look at like this situation, and I think uh, from the Eagles fan perspective. You transition from sort of, um, you know, hoping for that, for that first round pick into you transition into, uh, just sort of hoping for the Colts to be a complete debacle. So that second round pick that they're Mm -hmm. probably going to get becomes as high a two as possible. And I mean, we're kind of seeing their season (laughs) sort of unravel at the seams, uh, you know, so early in camp already. So, you know, we'll see if they can recover and, and become, uh, you know, the team that, that they hope to be this year where, um, I think a lot of people still thought of them as like the sort of the favorite in the AFC South. Um, I think that's probably the Tennessee Titans now, and uh, I don't know. We'll see how their season goes. Uh, their Their schedule is kind of tough early on. Gets a little easier as the season goes on, especially at the end. Uh, but yeah, that that that's a team that um uh you know could potentially lose a lot of games if uh, they don't get this quarterback situation figured out.
1: It's so weird to me how like this is a bone issue he's reportedly been dealing with like since high school, <laughs> and it's like okay, yeah, yeah
0: like it. it's it was loose. And it became looser and now it's more painful and they're just going to take it out. They're
1: just going to take this bone out. It's weird. It's it's just, it makes you kind of wonder a little bit, like how much was this impacting him, if at all, (laughs) with the Eagles? Like, it's just, it's a weird thing. And then the other thing I think about, which is again, it's more a little cult centric, but still of, of relevance to the Eagles is like, in terms of, determining where that second round pick presumably could be is what they do at quarterback now because you know everyone is saying and I talked about this on the SB Nation NFL show much more at length with uh stats just before I recorded this podcast with you Jimmy here on Monday afternoon at 3.30 um, like isn't it wild that like Maybe they trade for Nick Foles, and I think that already kind of means they're admitting. Bears the key. reporters were asking him about that today. I, I saw that, <laughs> and I think it makes too much sense not to do. Really, kind of hear the Colts, like because the Bears want to get rid of him. Like, yeah, he, you clear four million in caps in uh, cap space. Yeah, <laughs> by getting like, like he's a six point seven million cap hit as a third string quarterback. Like they're gonna want to get rid of him, and the Colts, you know, throw them a seventh or a sixth or whatever, and there there you go. But again, I don't think Wentz is very happy. Nick Foles' room. Oh my in that God. Dude,
0: that is like a Philadelphia story that just gets dumped on like a Midwestern city that uh-huh. <laughs> Philadelphians can just kind of enjoy to watch from afar. I mean, that'd be amazing drama like
1: if they trade it for Nick Foles. But it impacts the Eagles still because, like, like <laughs> yeah. let's say Foles plays really well or he doesn't, whatever, and that could determine how good or bad that pick is could determine <laughs> potentially who the next Eagles quarterback is with what the jab picks they get. So it's all intertwined here. And part of what I guess, you know, kind of makes the NFL fun is all these little different ways yes. of action and everything. Um But, yeah, that's all I had there. I just obviously have to note that because it impacts the Eagles potentially in a big way. Um, why don't we take a break here, Jimmy? And okay. then we'll get into our training camp observations. So I'm going to tell you quickly, really first, about Right Felon Craft Jerky, which you can get at righteousfelon.com using discount code BGN15, the best snacks you'll have in your life. And Jimmy, why don't you tell me about someone special in your life?
0: Well, Kristen Roach is a phenomenal realtor. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, that is. I won't get too deep into that. But her phone number is 856-906-9295. If you are looking to buy or sell a home, contact her. She's pretty good. Thank you. Back after this.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Back here on BGN Radio, episode one ninety eight. It doesn't matter, although we're two episodes away from two hundred, so that's fun. Uh, Jimmy, it's time for our Eagles training camp observations. Uh, Why don't you get to yours first?
0: I thought Jalen Hurts
1: had his best day of camp
0: so far. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. generally speaking, I thought this was his most accurate day. Um, He the 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 first throw of camp, uh, excuse me, of practice today rather was a really nice throw to the sideline to Travis Fulgham. It was a high-ish kind of. He placed it high and uh, to the outside, allowed uh, Fulgham to sort of shield uh, Steven, Steve Excuse me, Steve Nelson. Stevie. From, I think we uh... should call him Stevie, although he doesn't approve of that. <laughs> Sorry, so never mind. <laughs> to Steve now he was able to shield Steve Nelson away from the ball, uh, made the catch on the sideline. And then you know followed that up with, with a nice pass to Ertz. Um, I wasn't locked in on seven on sevens. That's it's either watch seven on sevens or watch one on ones or kind of stay in the middle and try to get a, try to get a taste of both of them because mm-hmm. there's a camp battle between Jordan Mailata and Andre Dillard. I've been dedicating myself to the O line D line one on one, so I haven't really checked in uh, heavily on the seven on sevens. But my understanding is he had a, he had nice deep throws to, to Quez Watkins
1: and Jalen Rager. Can you confirm that, Brandon? I think some people mistook Rager for Watkins. Got it. I, don't, I okay. have not seen one of the Rager because they have a similar looking jersey because the Eagles jersey font, like the six and eight look a lot alike. Okay. All right. Because so, I saw that on yeah. Twitter and I was
0: wondering. Uh, okay. So it was you, Watkins. I, I made
1: sure to watch specifically. Yeah.
0: Got it. All right. So uh, but, but anyway, apparently seemed a bit, to be good in the seven on seven sessions. And then you and I were, um, we had sort of a really good view of uh, a red zone drill where he fired one in, like I, I thought he had good velocity on a window throw uh, to Travis Fulgham. It was off target slightly. I was a little behind Fulgham. I, mm-hmm. I thought that Fulgham still could have made that catch. Didn't. It uh, yes. wound up being an incomplete pass. But uh, overall, I like again. I don't want to make too much of the day that he had because it was fine. It wasn't great, but I do think it was his his best day at camp so far, uh, particularly accuracy and um, uh, accuracy wise. And uh, consistency-wise, I thought, you know, from, from start to finish, it was it was a good, not great, but a good day for Jalen Hurts.
1: So I think that's interesting you say that, Jimmy, because I was wondering if I was crazy. Because in my mind, I saw you tweet that after practice, and mm-hmm. that kind of seemed right to me based on just the feeling of what I had from today's camp. But then I looked back at, like, my actual notes of what I wrote down, and I kind of had, like, equal good and bad. So I'm like... Was this really a good day for him in my, just based on the notes that I had? I mean, you mentioned some of the good stuff. I think he also had a nice pass to Zach Ertz. Uh, In stride for a twenty-yard gain in that first Mm eleven-on-eleven session, but then I had him down for you know being a little bit behind Travis Fulgham on that throw. Right. Uh, I had him overthrowing a short pass when he had pressure in his face from Derek Barnett, like blowing up Andre Dillard, which you know not the perfect situation, but still was a missed throw. And then he he did overthrow Jalen Rager deep down the field along the left sideline, kind of remind me of a seven-on-seven too. That was 11 on 11 actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh yeah, I don't know. Kind of just still more up and down to me. Uh I think there was more good than bad, but mm-hmm. like I, you know, I don't to me it wasn't like an amazing day or anything. And I still think overall he's kind of having an up and down kind of camp. Uh getting on to my big observation of the day. Jimmy, um I think it's one we've already said a lot and <laughs> it's that I just don't understand how Toward my lot, I cannot be the starting left tackle over the team. It was another down day for Andre Dillard, who got uh, beat, as I just said, by Derek Barnett at 11 11. He got beat by Josh Sweat again and one on one, which actually prompted like Jeff Stoutland to kind of like give him some feedback there. And then you actually saw this better, I think, than I did, but he got beat by Grand and Graham at one point too. What exactly happened on that one? It looked like he had good position. Like he got, he had a good, um,
0: uh, uh, he had a good kick uh, at, at the snap, and like he was in great position to block Brandon Graham, and Brandon Graham just still went right through him. <laughs> Brandon Graham just – he just uh, – he did like a sort of a push-pull move and uh, sort of threw uh, Dillard out of the way. Dillard had to hold him. Dillard, by the way, has not only been getting beat repeatedly every day, but he's he's just holding guys left and right. Like he's just—it's yeah. almost metaphorically—he's like he's just holding on for dear life. To yeah, I was just so, going like to say like that phrase. It's yeah. it's, it's been uh, it's it's been hard to watch, frankly. Like he has not been good, and uh, I, I don't think there's any question whatsoever that Jordan Mailata is not only going to be the starting left tackle for this team, but he is substantially better. Uh, he's better he's just a f- better football player than Andre Dillard and it's not even close and um i, I imagine that they're going to keep this competition quote unquote uh, alive for a little while longer i mean we, they haven't even been in pads yet so or a preseason game yeah so i mean we're going to see Dillard probably get uh first team reps in the preseason games and and obviously when they're in pads and, and and all that but um it's over in my mind like in my mind like this job is already clearly going to be Jordan Mylatis do you think they keep Dillard on the roster? Uh, I think if you can trade him and you get something for him, then you do that. But what's something? I don't think they'd cut him. So uh, anything? So would I trade him for like a six? Yeah. By uh, would they? Probably not. I think they they mm. they want to hold out for something better than that. Um, seeing as he's a first round pick and they traded to get him, and it was not that long ago that they did that. And uh, they are very stubborn about uh, players Mm. that they drafted and have on their roster and and have groomed or whatever. And they overrate their own players. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they're taking, like, a a pick as low as that. I would uh, because I don't think he's very salvageable. So just do it already. But, um, yeah, uh, it's a disappointing situation (laughs) with Andre Dillard. Um, And you can look at that one of two ways. Like, um, you can look at it like, okay, he's a bust and – uh, you know, screw you, Howie, for, 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 for messing up that pick. But by the same token, like, Jordan Mylata is a legit, like, great find, uh, in the seventh round. And, um, yeah, uh, credit to them for, for sort of finding that diamond in the rough. But yeah, it's
1: lot is just a, a much better football player. And it's just as simple as that for me. I do think it'll be interesting to kind of see how the bar gets raised for Jordan Malata at some point, because right now, you know, the goal is beating Andre Dillard, which I think he already has done. But the the good and the goal has also been to turn him into an NFL caliber player. But now, once he secures that job, it's going to be is he an actually really good left tackle or is he kind of just like a serviceable one or whatever? So that'll be the, the and he's in the his nice contract case. years. You got to figure out if you're going to sign him to a long term deal or not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, OK, <laughs> nothing's ever he, easy. Nothing's he, ever easy. <laughs> He's better than Dillard, but like, is he a guy worth paying like elite left tackle money too? Like, right. that's kind of the next thing. I, I just don't think they can in terms of like sensical. And that doesn't mean the Eagles won't do it because it's nonsensical. Cause we know they do nonsensical things. But I mean, he is, Dondre Dillard has the 11th highest cap number. On the team this year does he kept. okay yep at 3.3 3, or 3.4 million yeah. I all right it's not huge then obviously yeah but, but you could and you could clear 1.6 by trading him so mm-hmm. i just you know yeah if that six round pick is there i think you just have to take the l on the trade and get anything again i'm I'm always of the mind, of me where i hate when people talk about like you can't take pennies on the dollar why not taking pennies on the dollar is a lot better than getting zero like like and because you can get a seventh round pick, a sixth round pick, and then it might turn out to be Jordan Mylata in theory. Right, like, right. You're right. getting literally nothing and you're just waiting until you have to cut him down the line. That doesn't get you anything. Um so you Well, know. I don't think I don't think that phrase applies
0: though, because it's not pennies on the dollar, it's pennies on the pennies. Because <laughs> like he's not worth anything to me. Like he's he's not like if he can't if he's not worth a roster spot even, then, you know, and you can get something for him. Because again, like, he's not gonna play another position. Like, he, for me, it's like left tackle or bust. We already know what he looks like at, at right yeah. tackle. Um, he can't play guard because he can't anchor against power. And would, I wouldn't trust him to lead anyone at center. So it's either he's the left tackle or he's not gonna play. And it's really as simple. So basically, he's, he's counting on, like if, if, in fact, Jordan Mylotta does win this left, jack, left tackle job, as we both, I'm sure, assume he will. Um, he's counting on, well, not counting on, but the only way he's getting in the game is if Jordan Milata gets hurt.
1: I mean, pennies on the dollar from the initial investment. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Um, any other, what's your next one, Jimmy?
0: Uh, I would say, um, Tyree Jackson. Yeah. Is the early candidate for the Nate Brown Award? Um, <laughs> he had uh, an impressive play today, where it looked like some sort of crosser uh, over the middle. Joe Flacco actually uh, had a nice ball to him; it was high, where he could go get it. Um, but he hit him right in stride, and uh, impressively, uh, Tyree Jackson just didn't break stride, caught it, and then bang! As soon as he caught it, right up the field, and um, you know this is guy six seven two forty nine. Uh, transition from quarterback to tight end. And, you know, I think he's he's got a ways to go in terms of route running and um, learning the tight end position. And he's maybe a year away from, mm. um, you know, contributing in any meaningful way in an actual real game. But uh, if he keeps making plays like that, it's going to be a really easy decision for the team to keep him uh, when they make cuts, at, when they cut down to 53 and uh, sort of keep him around as a developmental guy, and keep him on the roster because you don't want somebody else to to uh, snag him um, in on waivers. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do in the preseason games. But mm-hmm. I think his it, so like there are two tight ends that I was looking at heading into the camp that have like you know I that, that have like intriguing size, uh, speed, um, you know, sort of background. I mean, you're telling people with the tapping. You know. <laughs> oh, well, sorry, people's eardrums. Out. <laughs> Between sorry. like uh, Tyree Jackson and Hakeem Butler, like those are the two guys that I was looking at as like in, mm-hmm. intriguing young developmental tight ends. And Tyree Jackson's done some really nice things early on. I barely, see, I haven't seen anything from Hakeem Butler so far. But uh, so Tyree Jackson would be sort of the guy for me that uh, that has actually shown something so far.
1: Yeah, you asked me today at practice if I had, had seen anything from Hakeem Butler. Mm-hmm. And I have not, other than him saying, uh, so he was kind of like mocking Dallas Goddard in a press conference when he walked by the other day. He was like, <laughs> hey, oh, that's South man. Dakota or something. <laughs> that's the only time I've noticed. A so, not mocked. even a good joke then. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, huh? It's like, okay, that was weird. Um, so I agree with you on Tyree Jackson. I, w- I will say, like, I feel like I was, I was wrong about him because I thought like he was going to come into camp and kind of be like too raw as like, a yeah. quarterback, college quarterback transitioning to tight end. And then even some of the things that I think I had heard, um, from spring drills, uh, yeah, so the fact that like he looks this good this quick kinda makes me think the Eagles are almost gonna have to keep him around, I think. I think they're like they're risk if he continues at this pace and we'll see if he does and again how he does in the preseason games. I guess one of the most impressive things about him to me to me is how physical he is. Like the guy who played college quarterback, and you know, he ran, he's mobile, so it's not like he's totally uh not it's not like totally new to contact, but still, like to play like tight end from quarterback it's just To see that level of physicality from him, it's encouraging. Um, Yeah, was that the first
0: day of practice that he ran over? Yeah, Rashad uh, Smith. Yeah. I mean, he, and he didn't even like, he didn't didn't even look like he was trying to run him over. He just caught a pass and he turned up field and 53 happened to be there and boom, poor 53 was on his ass. (laughs) Mm. So, yeah. So he has, he has like run. He is like – he's a load. I mean, like I said, he's six seven, two forty 240, 245, or 249, 250, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um And, I mean, when you actually – did you ever watch his Buffalo quarterback highlights? Some of them. They're fun. Mm-hmm. It's, worth, it's worth a watch if you're listening to the podcast. Just Google uh Tyree Jackson Buffalo. And uh anyway.
1: I think he should be the third tight end because I think the Eagles should keep Dallas Scotter obviously, mm-hmm. and they should – Keep Dick rod Dick I would God. keep him yep. as the number two, and then I would have Tyree as my number three. I would okay. trade Zach Ertz. um crazy What's your thought. next thing? My next thing. My notes weren't really not a lot of juice today. I feel like maybe I don't. Maybe I don't know if you feel the same way, me But there, weren't, there wasn't a I whole did, lot. I did. I
0: did read your notes quickly. Uh, yeah. After I published mine. And we pretty much had all the same stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it wasn't like the juiciest day. (laughs) Um, I thought Joe Flacco had his best day. He made that throw that you talked about to Tyree. He actually hit Tyree earlier um, where he made this nice throw like where he – Stepped up in the pocket and fired a pass kind of on the move a little bit right, about like 25 yards down the field. I thought that was nice to see. And by contrast, Nick Mullins did not have a good day no. today. One, one of the worst throws of camp, by the way, so far by Nick he Mullins. He was picked off by Zach McPherson, basically kind of just like a punt with Zach McPherson kind of just <laughs> yes. waiting there. He was able to, you know, face the quarterback. Uh, uh made a easy catch for the pick there so not nick, nick Mullins' best day another thing that like a low key thing i guess that i want to mention and not the uh the marvel character here although that was a very good series uh if you like superhero movies to me which i i don't take you for a marvel guy not, you don't watch no. the marvel movies yeah i'm not a big superhero guy okay yeah who's your favorite superhero do you have one at all i don't think i do wow do you have a favorite supervillain
0: uh i don't No, okay. I
1: was not a big comic book or superhero guy. Sorry. That's fair. Uh, Not my world. Yeah. Jimmy thinks he's better than everyone who (laughs) who he thinks he looks down on these nerds. I promise Uh,
0: you I do not. I have plenty of my own nerdy uh, things that I like.
1: One of the low key issues that I've seen in training camp, and we kind of saw it last year as he saw less playing time over the season. Well, too many drops here from Mr. Travis Fulham. You kind of talked about earlier. He had Mm -hmm. that catchable. It was behind him, but he still could have caught it from Jalen Hurts in the end zone. He also had another one that was like kind of down the field and it happened quick. And I think it might have been seven on seven. And I I didn't get like the best view on it. Um, but it looked like it was catchable too. It's kind of like either like underthrown or some kind of back shoulder throw from Hurts and. Fulham gets like it's weird because like he gets his hands on a lot of these. It's not like he's totally mistiming it where it's going through his hands completely. Mm-hmm. Like, he's actually touching the football, but for whatever reason, like his hands aren't like connecting in the right way, right way where he's like securing it. Like he's like kind of catching it, like but it's like not finishing. So kind of an issue. Uh I don't think he's been bad by any means in camp. Like I think he's he's done some nice things. Like you mentioned the first throw of the day, it was a nice catch, right uh, from Jalen Hurts. But like there has been some bad too. So. Uh, I, I kind of wish, I guess, he'd be kind of crushing it in camp a little bit more than he is. I thought Quez Watkins had a has had a
0: couple good. He missed the first, yeah, three practices. He made, um, as we mentioned on the last pod, made a really nice uh, uh, contested catch over Michael Jaquette. Was that one on ones or seven on sevens? I don't remember. Seven on sevens. One on ones. One on ones. Okay. That was and on then, Saturday. And then today, uh, you mentioned. Well, I brought up, you know, the the, the what I missed the, the the deep ball to him in uh, seven on sevens. But then he also uh, later in practice in 11-on-11s 11 11 in the red zone, he caught a short pass and mm-hmm. really showed some wiggle um, on his run after the catch. And we saw that last year against the Arizona Cardinals where he took a short pass and he like a nice spin move to the outside and with speed uh, ran to the end zone. So he has that ability in him. And um, yeah, I think he's done more in the two practices that he's participated in and than uh, John Hightower has for example I think those two guys are sort of compete I think they're competing against themselves well Jalen Riker is going to be on the team but I think like Quez Watkins and John Hightower are sort of of competing for like that fifth or sixth wide receiver spot or whatever you want whatever you want to call it um and he's shown Quez has shown more in two practices than uh John Hightower has in five we should mention John Hightower too by the way like he crushed it in camp last year and in my opinion like he had to crush it again in this camp to make the team because we already saw him have a good camp and then do nothing during the regular season. So if he kind of falls off in camp, then he's at risk to just not be on the team anymore. Um, and I don't think he's done much so far
1: to earn a job. I feel like I've seen Hightower get scolded a lot in camp, yes. like coaches have been on him a lot. So yes. yeah. Um, Take that for what you will. Jimmy, let's get to our MVP, LVP okay. play of the day. I'll start us off. I'm going to go with Quez Watkins for my okay. MVP. thought that was a really nice catch by him. He burned Steven Nelson. Steve Nelson. Um And by the way, Steve Nelson has been burned a couple of times here on some of these big plays. Not to say he's a bad player. Um He's had some good reps too. But, like, you know, again, not a star player. Like, I very much a, uh, a gettable player. So I'm going to go with Quez for my MVP. What about you? I'm gonna go Jordan Mailata, um, sure. because you know
0: we we in this uh, left tackle battle, I think we've you know <laughs> we've been hard on Andre Um uh, and maybe haven't praised Jordan Mailata enough for what he's done. Um, you know, I it, like in his reps on one on ones, like he's shutting down guys like Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham, um, and I haven't seen him getting beat badly in any like really obviously in any way in eleven on elevens, and you know you just look at sort of his um, his year by year progression in the NFL where, you know, he wasn't great in camp as he looked like a guy that had never played football before in his first you know season as a rookie. And then sort of, uh, surprisingly they played really well in the preseason that year, year two, uh, again, kind of the same thing, like not great in camp, but again, a decent preseason year three, I thought he kind of stalled in camp and, uh, it wasn't even really great in preseason games or, well, they didn't have preseason games, but like when, when they, uh, um when the season began, I, I was wondering if he was even, like I, I thought he might be at risk not to make the final fifty-three. I think I had him on, but and he obviously made it. And then he showed during the regular season that he belongs in the NFL. But this year, I think it's like he's way, way better than he ever has been in any other camp. Like this is by far uh yep. his best camp. And um and like he came like he he talked for a while today. Uh, in the interview session, he's gonna, you're gonna see a lot of Jordan, my, a lot of articles pop up, by the way, <laughs> either today or tomorrow, cause he did talk, uh, in to, to the media and he was interesting in what he said. But, um, you know, he, he really, uh, toned up, um, his body and he's in, um, I hate to say the best shape of his career, but, uh, but certainly he, he looks, uh, he, he looks more athletic than I think than, than he ever has. He's always had the power and the size. So I think there's a good chance that, that he takes his game, uh, to the next level this season, uh, after, after sort of growing as the season went along last year. And, and, uh, again, this is more of like, a a full, like through the first five days kind of, um, tip of the cap to Jordan Mylata, but I'll yeah. give him today's MVP.
1: I think that's smart. I'm looking back through the ones we've had so far, and I don't have him listed yet. So that's probably not right by me, and I've, I've aired somewhere. But I'll give it to him at some point in the future. Uh, Jimmy, who's your LVP? I'll go
0: Dillard. <laughs> I already He's he's already made my list once. I think it was day sure. two. But uh, he was bad again today. Um, I, we already mentioned the, uh, the, the his losses in one-on-ones and, and getting beat by Derek Barnett badly in 11-on-11s. But he's just been a major disappointment, and it was just another really bad day for him today.
1: Uh, one more thing on the Quez Watkins screen, uh, reception for touchdown that you Mm -hmm. mentioned. I thought it was, it was nice wiggle by Watkins, but also he didn't get touched. So yeah, that thing was blocked perfectly. Right. And to see the Eagles run a screen, like fluidly and without a hitch, I know it's just practice, but like, that's kind of nice because they couldn't do that at all to save their lives last year. So. That's a nice little sign. Also, I think I mentioned this on the pod yesterday or whenever, uh, two days ago. But I feel like the offensive line has done a good job here of like springing holes for the running backs. So yes. I just feel like we continue to see these lanes. I and mean, I don't know, maybe that's a concern that the defense isn't as stout against the run or whatever. <laughs> right. But I'm going to take that as a positive for the offense right now. And again, it's it's easy to, for running backs to kind of look good when and they're they not in pads. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not in pads. But I feel like, and we'll see how that goes with the pads coming on Tuesday, but I feel like. Uh, they're like getting out without being even touched at times. Like they're mm-hmm. not even getting touched before they're getting like five yards or out to the second level or whatever. So that's a quick aside. Um, my LVP is Carson Wentz. <laughs> okay. Um, I think pretty self explanatory. Um, is it his fault he got hurt? No. But is he ultimately screwing over the Eagles? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Maybe not by choice, but it's happening, so I have to give it to Carson Wentz. Sorry, Carson. Not really. What is your play of the day, Jimmy? Flacco to Tyree Jackson, <laughs> as <Wow>. previously <laughs> what a, mentioned. What, what, what a, a highlight play. of the day. And then for me, it's Quez, obviously, okay. which is second practice in a row where Quez has which been Which one, the, the deep
0: ball to him in seven on sevens or yeah, the, the deep, screen touchdown? The deep ball. Because he had two. Bomb, seven on seven. It's good if, you're, um, if you have two contending plays for the sure. day.
1: That's why I made him my MVP. There you go. Um, uh, Flacco to Tyree Jackson. Let me write that down. All right, this has been Eagles training recap number five. It's the fifth practice of training camp. The pads go on, Jimmy, tomorrow, Tuesday, August third. So we'll see who shines and who withers as the practices get more physical. Real football guy, concussion uncle kind of stuff here. That's Right. Uh, this is where you start to see guys separate from the yeah. pack. <laughs> you just you know you just love how it feels when you can hit again. <laughs> that's that's um, right. <laughs> And then so, when they have joint practices, it's going to feel good to hit somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> always good. Every year. Um, any final thoughts, Jimmy, before we wrap? I'm looking forward to taking a nap and uh, getting refreshed for the first day of pads tomorrow. Okay. So, Jimmy's looking forward to his nap. I'm looking forward to trivia tonight, doing some trivia. Mm. So, that'll be fun. One a couple weeks ago. It's been oh, like a, a month or so. Yeah. One like a month Are ago. Are you hosting it or you're just playing? No. Okay. Participating the weekly group uh have had some top finishes but haven't gotten that win since like a couple a few weeks ago now maybe even a month ago so looking for that win we'll see do you shout think you can Green take on Bridge. brad rudder uh no, of course not no <laughs> um i'm i'm kind of like the sports person on this team like okay. you know it's my little niche there so all right. uh shout out to the new wave cafe uh in queen village uh all right jimmy that has been this that has been it for this episode of bgn radio Follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowden. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Check out the SB Nation NFL show by going and searching it, rate, reviewing, subscribing, that in addition to this show. And I think those are all the plugs you need except for rights to and Craft Turkey by going to RightToSpelling.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. And we will talk to you all next time. Goodbye, everybody.
0: BGN.